Okay, good evening and welcome to the November 15th, uh, 2023 meeting of the San Francisco Board of Appeals. President Rick Swig will be the presiding officer tonight and he is joined by Vice President Jose Lopez, Commissioner John Trevina, Commissioner Alex Lumberg, and Commissioner J.R. Epler. Also present is Deputy City Attorney Jen Huber who will provide the board with any needed legal advice. At the controls is the board's legal assistant, Alec Longway, and I'm Julie Rosenberg, the board's executive director. We will also be joined by representatives from the city departments that will be presenting before the board this evening. Matthew Green, Deputy Director Inspection Services with the Department of Building Inspection, and Chris Buck, Urban Forester, representing San Francisco Public Works, Bureau of Urban Forestry. The board meeting guidelines are as follows. The board requests that you turn off or silence all phones and other electronic devices so they will not disturb the proceedings. No eating or drinking in the hearing room. Appellants, permit holders, and department respondents each are given seven minutes to present their case and three minutes for rebuttal. People affiliated with these parties must include their comments within these seven or three minute periods. Members of the public who are not affiliated with the parties have up to three minutes each to address the board and no rebuttal. Mr. Longway, our legal assistant, will give you a verbal warning 30 seconds before your time is up. Four votes are required to grant an appeal or to modify a permit or determination or to grant a rehearing or a jurisdiction request. If you have questions about requesting a rehearing, the board rules or hearing schedules, please email board staff at boardofappeals.sfgov.org. Now, public access and participation are of paramount importance to the board. SFGovTV is broadcasting and streaming this hearing live, and we will have the ability to receive public comment for each item on today's agenda. SFGovTV is also providing closed captioning for this meeting. To watch the hearing on TV, go to SFGovTV cable channel 78. Please note that it will be rebroadcast on Fridays at 4 p.m. on channel 26. A link to the live stream is found on the homepage of our website at sfgov.org forward slash BOA. Now, public comment can be provided in three ways. One, in person. Two, via Zoom. Go to our website, click on the hearings link for this hearing. Or three, by telephone. Call 1-669-900-6833 and enter webinar ID 846-7017-9458. And again, SFGovTV is broadcasting and streaming the phone number and access instructions across the bottom of the screen if you're watching the live stream or broadcast. To block your phone number when calling in, first I'll star 67, then the phone number. Listen for the public comment portion for your item to be called and dial star 9, which is the equivalent of raising your hand so that we know you want to speak. You will be brought into the hearing when it is your turn. You may have to dial star 6 to unmute yourself. You will have three minutes. Our legal assistant will provide you with a verbal warning 30 seconds before your time is up. Please note that there is a delay between the live proceedings and what is broadcast and live streamed on TV and the internet. Therefore, it's very important that people calling in reduce or turn off the volume on their TVs or computers. Otherwise, there's interference with the meeting. If any of the participants or attendees on Zoom need a disability accommodation or technical assistance, you can make a request in the chat function to Alec Longway, the board's legal assistant, or send an e email to boardofappeals.sfgov.org. Now, the chat function cannot be used to provide public comment or opinions. Please note that we will take public comment first from those members of the public who are physically present in the hearing room. Now, we will swear in or affirm all those who intend to testify. Please note that any member of the public may speak without taking an oath pursuant to their rights under the Sunshine Ordinance. If you intend to testify at any of tonight's proceedings and wish to have the board give your testimony evidentiary weight, raise your right hand and say, I do, after you've been sworn in or affirmed. Do you swear or affirm that the testimony you're about to give will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? 
Okay, thank you. If you are a participant, you're not speaking, please put your Zoom speaker on mute. So item number one is general public comment. This is an opportunity for anyone who would like to speak on a matter within the board's jurisdiction, but that is not on tonight's calendar. And I know we have someone, Mr. Bruno, please approach. You have three minutes. Thank you. Um, this is about the appeal that tells you, I just said, left this with you, each one of you. It's the same exact document the same wording, the same document I gave you on November 1st. This is a legitimate appeal that I made in a timely manner on this permit that was originally heard here on November 20, on September 27th. So I've been here now, this is the third time. And how you remedied it the first time on September 27th, um, you almost put a condition in the notice of decision to say to Mr. Green and the DBI, Please go and inspect the building. It seems like there's a lot of problems there. And the landlord has come before us in the past without telling us the whole truth. Please send your senior inspector to do it. I came back on November 1st to tell you that was never done. How could it be that the senior inspector said, and I quote to you, between the September 27th hearing and November 1st, there is no work without permits. Is this on? Overhead, please. See the yellow? That yellow is, says PDI, PID, I'm sorry, Plumbing Inspection Department. And that number is the same, and it says work without. It's a current NOV at the building. It's been there since August prior to my seeing you. I saw you in September 27th. Prior to my coming back on November 1st, it was still in existence. And today, it's still in existence. Here's the actual NOV. The yellow says, work exceeding described scope. And it's from the plumbing inspector. So how could the other inspector, the senior, so-called senior inspector that Mr. Green supposedly sent out there, tell all of you there is no work without permits? This has been going on since 2022. I will show you something else. This is from Mr. Jimmy Kiwami. I'm sure you know his name, he's been here before. This is the NOV of the fake ADU in the building that was done. This, this wall was knocked down in 2022, November a year ago. It's still knocked down. Is this what it means to have two appeals that you all approved five to zero. My two appeals on the 27th were generously by you all after much consideration approved that we have to have a wall like this and we have to have scaffolding like this in our windows, which by the way, the plumbing person, private contractor I had come out told me is unsafe and illegal. If you look at this, you'll see right here, that's a rooftop that any one of us, even me, I'm not very athletic, could jump on and get in our windows. It's still there today from November 22nd, of, uh, from November rather, of, of 2022. And all I'm asking for is permission from this board to do what I already applied for uh, in a timely manner, the permit appeal you have before you. I would like Thank permission you, time. to do that. Thank you. Thank you. President Zwick? Sure. Um, um, Mr. Green, you don't have to come to the, the podium. Do not come to the podium. It's really okay. Uh, I think we asked for uh, a written response. Uh, it, and I'm jumping in here instead of the other uh, commissioners because I was actually here. 
during the, the first time Mr. Bruno appeared in front of us, and there was an action taken uh, which upheld his appeal, and there were promises made, and there was action to be done, and the owner clearly hasn't taken the action, and DBI uh, or the whatever parties that be have not taken action to follow up on the request from the Board of Appeals. Not this commission, by the way, not a one of them, the previous commission. And now chapter two, Mr. Bruno has come back. Uh, we, we recognize that he had merit to his appearance um, and we, we found accordingly and there were terms and conditions related to that and your department was asked to come back with a written comment and follow up on exactly what Mr. Bruno was requesting and you haven't done so. So would you please do that and, and address Mr. Bruno's concerns as he has represented them tonight? Thank you very much. That, that's all we need to know. We just need the written response in a timely fashion, which I believe should have been by now, but that's okay. Okay, so just, if you would get, re respond to us, and you might wanna address the 2022 thing too because it has been a while. Uh, I think Commissioner Trisvenia wants to chime in a little bit. Uh, th th thank you, President Swig. Uh, I, I note that uh, we're gonna get to the minutes pretty soon and I'm reading in the minutes where uh, I asked that uh, what could be done without, ne without the necessity of our board taking any action. And I appreciate your following up and taking this seriously. I don't wanna draw any conclusions. I don't wanna jump to any conclusions, uh, but I do appreciate uh, your following up on this matter now. And I also believe that, that uh, uh, Mr. Green or a representative should be in contact with Mr. Bruno so that as much of as much progress can be made on this as possible so your written report back to us as to what's occurred will have a lot of action items in it to the extent that they're necessary, to the extent they're not necessary. Uh, we wanna know that too. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any further general public comment? Let me check Zoom. If you're on Zoom and you wanna provide general public comment, please raise your hand. I don't see any, so we're gonna move on to item number two, commissioner comments and questions. Commissioners, I hope you all, thank you for arriving on time despite the APEC uh, traffic. Um, any comments and questions? Okay, seeing I none. A, I, I have a comment, President Swig, noting the great importance of the activities of this week. Uh, and I'm speaking of course of big game week. Yes. With this board has a majority of Stanford graduates Yes. I believe that bodes well for the outcome of the big game. Okay. We also have a Cal graduate. Uh, you got two. You make got that two. two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I said a, so I said a majority. I'm going to the game, so I'll report back. Who, who says that San Francisco is provincial? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Epler. You know, in, in that line, we, we've had numerous 3-2 uh, disagreements, and we've always been able to uh, shake hands and be friendly afterwards. So I'm hoping that regardless of the outcome of the game, uh, we'll be able to do uh, the same thing in our, our next meeting. And, uh, you know, be Cal. Thank you. Is there any public comment on this item? Thank you. Okay. It was confusing last time. I didn't realize I got a second shot. But thank God that I am permitted to speak again. 
because I think we're missing something here. You all represent the public as best we can in these complex situations. And you made a decision as a board of appeals coming from different appointments, the mayor, the supervisors, and that decision, I will read it simply, on this matter, the plumbing matter, is that uh, the bill, the, the, uh, you grant the appeal and order that the issuance of the subject permit is upheld on the condition that it be revised, this permit that we're all here talking about, and that three units which the work is to be performed have their unit addresses listed because the order was made, this order was made on the basis that the permit was not properly issued. Commissioner Lemberg is the one who articulated this and there was a long discussion, long discussion, about how this was going to be devised. Well, I went to the building department and in the building code, any permit, including this little itty bitty permit that isn't super important perhaps to the entire city, but to those of us who live there, this little itty permit has been revised. You say so right here, revised to require, and here in the building code, if your permit, a regular permit is issued and you need to make revisions, you must apply for a new permit. Mr. Green's attempt or the city's attempt or inadvertent labeling of this permit as a reinstated permit is incorrect. It's not consistent with the use of the word reinstate, which is there for permits that expire because of time. They, they're only allowed to be there for a year or sometimes a year and a half, and then they're reinstated. This permit, which is supposedly reinstated, is appealable. And what I'm asking you all to do, if I have to come back another time, I will, because I doubt the building department is gonna remedy this. I'm asking you a very direct thing, to give me permission to appeal the permit that is incorrectly labeled as being reinstated when you all said you must revise it. Not revive it, revise it. What he's done in fact is revive it by mislabeling what's being done in the department. If a department is changing the permit wording, it must be a new permit according to this uh, well-publicized section of the building code online. Why is this being treated any differently? It shouldn't be. It doesn't matter to me that this goes back to 2022. And I'm very sympathetic that that was raised and that's insignificant. What if it just happened three weeks ago? It's still wrong for the department to make up new uses of words. That's what's happening here. I sent in an appeal in a timely manner on this case. The timely manner means 15 days and I spoke as Alec can confirm, several times with him first, and it was done in a timely manner, and I would like to appeal it. That's what I'm here for. Thank you. Thank you, that's good. Thank you. Is there any further public comment? Or Commissioner Trisvina? Thank you. I, I hesitate to comment on public comment, and I... I hesitate to public to comment on public comment, uh, but I do believe President Swig and our board are, have asked the department for a written response uh, more than once, and I've asked the department to follow up directly with, with uh, Mr. Bruno. My question, though, is I hear Mr. Bruno asking for permission from us or, or authority for us to initiate part of this matter, and I'm wondering if the Deputy City Attorney can either now or at a subsequent meeting tell us what authority we have to either revive or 
or may get back jurisdiction over a matter that we thought had been resolved. Commissioner Trezini, I do want to clarify that the permit in question is not appealable. It, uh, it's 15 days. It's appealable 15 days from issuance, not when it was reinstated. The board made a final decision to modify that permit, and, and it was the language. It was language changed. That's not a new permit. It's the same permit. It's just now, it, since the decision was issued, it's no longer suspended, and it was reinstated. So that is not appealable. Okay, so. It appears then that what Mr. Bruno is asking for or is, un is under the impression that we have the ability to do something which you have now. Right. We no longer have public. jurisdiction over that permit. At this point, you are requesting that DBI provide a response. We haven't heard that. So, uh, but you, we no longer have jurisdiction over that permit. Okay. That's and and either from you or from the deputy city attorney. Do we have authority to regain jurisdiction over a matter? It, the decision is final has been issued. So the, no. answer, so the answer is no. The answer is no. Thank you. Okay. Is there any further public comment on this item? Okay. I don't see any. So we're going to move on to item number three, the adoption of the minutes. Before you for discussion and possible adoption are the minutes of the November 1st, 2023 meeting. Commissioners, any uh, comments, or uh, do I hear a motion, please? Commissioner Upler. Um, I move that we approve the minutes. Okay. Is there any public comment on the motion to adopt the minutes? I don't see any. So on the motion from Commissioner Epler to adopt the minutes, uh, Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Trezvina? Aye. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. President Swig? Aye. So that motion carries 5-0, to zero and the minutes are adopted. We are now moving on to item number four. This is appeal number 23-048, uh, subject property, uh, 22 to 24 Sargent Street, William Tweedy and Rose Snell versus San Francisco Public Works, Bureau of Urban Forestry. Appealing the issuance on September 21st, 2023 to William Tweedy of a Public Works order, denial of the property owner's request to remove one street tree without replacement. The structure of the tree is considered good and the vigor is also healthy. This is order number 208643. And uh, the Bureau of Urban Forestry has agreed that the appeal should be granted to allow the removal of the tree in question. Consequently, we will hear from Buff first. Thank you. Good evening, Commissioners. Chris Buck, Urban Forester with San Francisco Public Works. Um, this is regarding tree removal permit 794-226. And Public Works had uh, denied this request to remove the subject tree at the staff level and then again after a, a Public Works hearing. However, after reviewing the appellant's brief, which appealed our decision, uh, we no longer contest the proposed removal and support approving their appeal on the basis that the recent utility pole replacement by PG&E more clearly demonstrates that the tree in its site is no longer sustainable for the subject tree to remain. The subject tree is an Italian stone pine. It was planted at the back of the sidewalk, but within the 12-foot public right-of-way. So it is considered a street tree under the jurisdiction of public works. But it was planted without the benefit of a permit, meaning it wasn't reviewed uh, with long-term planning in mind. And the tree at the location at the base of the retaining wall, it's also directly adjacent to a street light and the power pole. Between the time of our public works hearing in August and the date of this appeal, PG&E replaced the pole. 
the canopy of the tree needed to be pruned, and while the utility pole was replaced, a transformer was also added to the pole with a drop-down connection that required additional clearance between this energized conductor and the tree branches. After reviewing the appellant's brief and learning of this pole replacement, urban forestry staff visited the site to reevaluate the site conditions and the condition of the tree. Our department now agrees that the tree and its placement in this site is no longer sustainable. Uh, this week, or last week, our department reached out to both of the appellants and uh, got on the phone to discuss our change of uh, opinion on this matter. Uh, both uh, appellants were happy to hear that we uh, essentially changed our approach to this. Um, the site is not large enough to require that a replacement tree be planted. Again, it's at the back of a sidewalk. There are two existing street trees, one adjacent to each of the properties, one at 22 and one at 24 Sargent. Um, there's also a street light pole. So we typically, the closest we want to plant a street tree would be within nine feet. This would be less than nine feet. And it's also located at the base of a retaining wall. And so this is not a site where we would ever uh, allow a tree to be planted. There's a lot of landscaping along this area, and it's clear that both property owners have green thumbs and a willingness to maintain that area uh, with plants. The only other thing I wish to point out before hopefully um, wrapping this one up is that I do want to point out that the pole and the utility was there um, decades and decades ago, well before that Italian stone pine was planted approximately 25 years ago. And I know there can be a tendency from the public to want to hold someone accountable here. Um, we have to allow utilities, which we all, most of us depend on, um, to provide the function. And I know sometimes it's not exciting to look at this, these utilities above ground. Uh, I don't believe PG&E has done anything wrong. We have other cases where if we believe that they've overstepped with the way they've treated a, a tree, we will take action. But in this case, um, they did as minimal damage as they could to the tree to replace that pole. However, they really made it abundantly clear that I would really not have much to ground to stand on if I came before you this evening and said, and despite that pole replacement, we still insist this tree remain. We've reached that point where it's no longer reasonable. That said, the property owner is also uh, pursuing the removal of this tree. If they wanted to wait for our next round of maintenance, that would be three to five years from now. Uh, Public Works would pursue the removal of the tree at our cost as part of Street Tree SF. However, when an owner chooses to remove a street tree proactively on their own, they would incur the, the cost to remove the tree. We've agreed that if they remove the tree above ground, we'll come out and uh, remove the stump at, at, and um, watch out for the wall and essentially just call that good. We're, we're glad the tree has not caused property damage, which the city to some degree could potentially be liable for. Um, so it's just not a site that's sustainable long-term for a tree. And it became much more clear when that utility pole was replaced. And I just want to note lastly, in closing, that that pole might not have been replaced for decades. So we were trying to fight to preserve that tree in its current state. But once that work had to occur, it, it became clear that we needed to change our opinion. Um, that concludes our brief. And um, again, 
that's the way this particular decision uh, came about. Thank you. Okay, thank you. I don't see any questions at this time, so we will hear from the appellants. Mr. Tweedy and Ms. Snell? Yes, I'm uh, Bill Tweedy, and this is Rose Snell, um, owners and occupants of 22 and 24 Sargent. And um, we did come to that agreement uh, with Chris Buck, and we appreciate um, uh, we appreciate his work in that regard. Um, our briefing was the best that we could do, and I think I hope you've had a chance to look at it. But beyond what um, um, Chris Buck laid out. There were other issues and uh, that kind of uh, indicated to us that, the, for example, the two street trees that are that we planted in 2001, two strawberries, are severely impacted by the even the current way that the stone pine has grown. So we think that those two trees and we and we did a planting all along Sargent in 2001 as part of uh, Friends of the Urban Forest. And all those other trees are in much uh, more robust um, shape than our two uh, strawberries, which have been growing at basically at the same time that the stone pine was growing. And even though all kind of um, uh, pruning was done, they both impacted each other, and the stone pine kind of won most of those uh, efforts. So we think that the strawberry trees will be much better off with this tree gone. And then beyond that, and it's still not clear to us um, how much weight is put on this, but I mean, in the Sierras is a serious problem of the stone pine growing up against our houses. Now you got two branches of the stone pine and they are both growing into our house. And it's not, it's getting like worse every year, but they're like uh, a foot away from, um, from Rose's uh, house. And so it's not clear with this designation of who does what and, you know, in the Sierras, it's 10 feet back. And so anyway, we haven't pursued that part of it, but it's a big issue for us because we have had fires, two fires in the last 20 years on our property. Uh, um, I won't go into that, but fire safety was a big issue for us. And then also this tree has grown um, about over a foot a year since 2000, and it's now blocking the views. And, I don't know uh, if the uh, tree trumps everything, but when we add all of these things together, um, we we just took it upon ourselves to go through the steps, and here we are at the Board of Appeals, and now, fortunately for us, PG&E came in and, and helped us uh, make that decision, but we think overall, uh, that the stone pine should come down, and we would appreciate uh, the, um, I don't know exactly right wording, but the approval to, um, to take it down, and we will take it down uh, um, and not wait for four or five years um, to do that. So 
I think that's mm -hmm. any, anything else, Rose? No, I think you touched on all the subjects there. Um, and most importantly, uh, with that with that tree under that power pole, with that transformer sitting there, with the limbs leaning into the house was a perfect disaster. And I feel like I can be able to sleep at night not thinking that this could happen. And we've seen explosions, everybody know about them. And that thing walk here and take away my life or you know my home and my family here. So I feel a lot safer sleeping in my home knowing that that thing is sitting up there. It won't be leaning into the, our house, that thing of the tree. But that pole is causing a fire that would destroy our, our lives. So I appreciate you uh, for everything you've done, uh, Chris Buck and, and Susan coming out and seeing what we've seen here and what we've been dealing with. And we've been really, uh, you know, we love trees. We plant them all up and down the streets and we've got a neighborhood garden. So it's not like we're just trying to pick on the tree. We want to have a life. And I like to look through those beautiful windows and see the views I used to see and enjoy my life, the rest of my life. I'm too old to be thinking I outlive a tree. Okay, thank you. Are you finished? Yes, thank you. Okay, thank you. I don't see any questions at this time. Is there any public comment on this item? I don't see any public comment. And since the parties in our, are in agreement, I don't believe we need rebuttal. So, commissioners, this matter is submitted. So, um, Buff has pulled back from their position. Clearly, the appellant has not, which is appropriate. Uh, what is the motion? So we should. Uh, so the motion would be to grant the appeal. Grant the appeal and um, issue, I'm sorry. Issue, issue the order on the condition to be revised to allow the removal of the subject tree. That sounds on, like on a the basis that the utility pole makes it unsustainable at the location. Okay, and the Bureau of Urban and Forestry supports that position. Yes. I think that's the important, also an important part of the Yes, the absolutely. Motion. Anybody want to make that motion? So moved. Okay, so I don't think I need to repeat it. Uh, on that motion, Commissioner Trezvina? Aye. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. President Swig? Aye. So that motion carries five to zero. Um, did we want to waive the rehearing request time period so that we can just get this decision out tomorrow? Uh, Mr. Tweedy and Ms. Snell, do you want to, usually there's a, the dissatisfied party can request a rehearing since we don't really have that. If you want to waive that, the right to request a rehearing, we can get the decision out tomorrow so that you can start the work right away. Yes, the sooner the better. Yes, okay. Yes, okay, so we have that on the record and we'll get the decision out tomorrow. Thank you. So we are now moving on to item number five. This is appeal number 23-046, Anil Kavi Purapu versus Department of Building Inspection, subject property 1331 to 1333 Church Street, appealing the issuance on September 19, 2023 to Ken Chin of an alteration permit. Repair the damaged framing and kind in the fire egress, stairs in the light well. Structural repair only, no change in size, new guardrail, less than 50% repair. This is permit number 2023-0629-1194. And um, thank you. Welcome to the appellant. You have seven minutes. 
Can we have the overhead, please? Members of the members of the board, my name is Anil Kavipurap. This is my wife Monica, and we are one of the co-owners of the building directly adjacent to and to the north of 1331-1333 Church Street, owned by Mr. Ken Chen, the permit holder. The permit I'm appealing pertains to the exterior stairs in Mr. Chin's light well. These stairs are on one side attached to Mr. Chin's building, and on the other side, as we recently learned, they're attached to our building. Mr. Chin does not deny that these stairs are attached to our building and that they cross our property line, as evidenced by Mr. Chin stating in his appeal brief that the staircase crosses the property line, photos in his exhibit B attached to his brief, photos in the plans filed with the permit. Since the staircase is attached to his building and then on the other side to our building, it requires two permits, one for his building, one for our building. Section 106.8.1 of the building code states, no building or structure regulated by this code shall be altered, repaired, moved, improved, removed, converted, or demolished unless a separate permit for each building or structure has first been obtained from the building official. So Mr. Chin wants to repair these stairs, two permits are required. If Mr. Chin wants to move these stairs, two permits are required. If Mr. Chin wants to remove or improve these stairs, two permits are required. We do not understand the new idea Mr. Chin outlines in his brief regarding the connectors crossing the property line. But regardless of what his new idea for the staircase is, two permits are required, one for our building, one for Mr. Chin's building. Furthermore, I wanted to highlight some inconsistencies in the plan submitted. Nowhere in the permit or in the plans or the drawings does Mr. Chin reveal that the staircase is attached to our wall. Therefore, the submitted plans do not accurately reflect the existing situation. Specifically, And also, the submitted plans do not show and do not state that the staircase is attached to both buildings. And as can be seen here in this slide, the plans show an opening where there's a wall. The plans show a door where there's a window. That was this one. And these are all uh, from Mr. Ken Chin's permit filing the drawings with the side view and the picture where it shows a window where the drawing shows the door as you can see here. The, the plans show landings in the drawing they call out for the landings to remain whereas they were physically marked by Mr. Chin's contractor. That X is a physical mark on the board uh, of that landing being slotted for removal. First landing at the bottom you see the pictures of the second landing which also showed dry rot. And these are the landings that are uh, being called out to remain. The plans show the same posts as being called out to remain and to be replaced at the same time. The plans show, do not show enough detail for us to understand whether posts repairs 
proposed repairs in this permit. The stairs will be fully detached from our building and have at least a half inch air gap present between the new structure and our wall. It is our priority to have a well-maintained building. And we certainly want our neighbor to have a well-maintained building and to repair the dry rod on the staircase. Had the neighbor maintained his staircase properly, we would not be here. Had the staircase not been attached to our wall or flush with our wall, we would not be here. So, since it is flush with our wall and attached, here we are. And since Mr. Chin controls the access to the area of the work where the light well resides, he believes he can unilaterally dictate the conditions under which these repairs can take place, including dictating the contractor we can use while executing these repairs, and while expecting us to pay 100% of the cost, dictating the unrealistic schedule we have to abide by while performing these repairs. And also he wants us to agree to penalties, financial penalties, should anything not go according to his claim. This is one of the exhibits submitted with our brief. So in summary, we would request the board to suspend the permit until a mutually suitable, equitable agreement is reached and a second permit is, <coughs> excuse me, second permit is secured for our building. The coordinated repairs will be mutually beneficial. The stairs and our siding can be handled at the same time. Farther, we request that the board instructs that the permit plans be revised to rectify the inaccuracies that we just laid out and explicitly state and provide the details showing that the stringers are not attached to our wall and given at least a half inch air gap. The landings are not attached to our wall post repair and are given at least a half inch air gap. The guardrails, handrails, handbars are not attached to our wall and given at least a half inch air gap. The posts and beams are set back half an inch to provide an air gap. And the plan should explicitly state which posts, beams, stringers, landings, guardrails, handrails, handbars, etc. Yeah, et cetera, will remain and which to be, are to be replaced. So we aspire for well-maintained neighboring properties. We are more than willing to work with Mr. Chin to arrive at an equitable, equitable, but not unilateral solution. Thank you for your time, and we look forward to answering any questions you may have. Okay, thank you. I don't see any questions at this time, so you can be seated. And we will now hear from the permit holder. Mr. Chin, you have seven minutes. Yes, uh, I want to start off and say that uh, the uh, claims that we're trying to unilaterally dictate the terms and the, uh, of how the work is done is just inaccurate. Uh, it's very easy to cherry pick from eight months of difficult discussions on emails, um, email messages that make it look like we are not being flexible about what, how we're actually gonna go about doing the work. Um, this, the, the appellants made a lot of claims that we disagree with, and we assert we have a right to this permit. Uh, we don't agree that we are responsible for the present condition of, the, of their siding. The rot on their siding did not originate from the rot in our stairs. This has been supported by an inspection report from a dry rot expert that our insurance carrier provided. The appellant had eight months to come up with 
an expert uh, evaluation of uh, the damage on her siding, and uh, they did not uh, take advantage of this opportunity to do the inspection and to provide evidence that is not tainted by uh, a client relationship. Uh, there's been no, in the eight and a half, eight and a half years that we've owned our property, they've never once asked to look at the siding. They've never uh, uh, once, uh, there was no maintenance on it. And as the appellant has stated, they were not even aware of the dry, of the um, light well and the stairs in our, uh, on our property. And uh, it just basically shows that there has been no maintenance done on their siding. The fact that the wear actually on their siding, although the parts that are actually close to our stairs are not related to the points where they're actually contact. There is an air gap for most of the stairs, there's an air gap, maybe not half an inch, but there is an air gap already between the wood and our stairs and their siding. We've made every effort to work with the appellant to find a solution that benefits both sides. Uh, we continue to offer the appellant access to do their repairs, which includes taking down our stairs. And uh, we've also agreed to provide full access for future inspections and maintenance, knowing that they need this to maintain their siding. Uh, we've offered to proceed with the repairs and continue our discussions about what the responsibility of the siding is. And we've already spent $6,600 for an engineer to design changes that will allow us to separate our stairs from the wall and plan to spend another $12,000 to actually do the work to detach it from their wall. The dispute, despite what the appellant says, is really about who was paying for their siding. And this is a this is an issue that the Board of Appeals, uh, it's not the appropriate, uh, nor DVI are the appropriate forms for resolving. The appellant's trying to use this, these two bodies to drive the dispute in favor of one side. Going back to repairing the, the repair of the, the stairs, only the connectors, which are nails, cross, cross the property line. Uh, when this happened, we don't know, but we suspect it's been a long time that these stairs have been in the state for a long time, way before we own our, our property. The stairs reside completely within our property and we can actually do the repairs without crossing the property line. Although we want to work with our neighbors and we, we don't, have, don't plan to do this, it is possible to take down the wood of our stairs and leave the connectors in place. And we would not be crossed, technically would not be crossing the property line. Lastly, we really have an urgent need to address certain parts of the stairs at this point. The appellant is aware that our son has autism and has an intellectual disability. And the present conditions on the first and th second landing already are a safety hazard to him. By denying us the permit to make the repairs on our stairs, they're putting our son and others at risk. With safety being our highest priority, we need to address the immediate safety hazard as soon as possible. For these reasons, I respectfully ask the board to uphold our permit without any conditions. Thank you. Thank you. We do have a question from Commissioner Lemberg. Thank you, Mr. Chen. I just wanted to get some clarification on something. Um, the the appellant stated in their testimony that they and in their briefing that they did not they were not aware of the existence of the light well where the staircase is. 
Um, if, assuming that's true, why would your neighbors think, uh, ask you to inspect siding if the entire rest of the property um, shares property line walls and it's not visible from the street or any window in their home? Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I think there's some contradictory information in, our, in the appellant's brief, but he makes a statement that says that he is not, that no one in their building, none of their owners were aware that there are stairs and there's a light well and that they're siding. So they don't, aren't even aware of the siding. That's what it states in, on page three of their, of, of the, of their brief. Right, so my, my question is why would they be aware of the siding if it's not visible from their house or from the street and the rest of the property outside of that light well is a shared wall as in I, as are many I, properties in San Francisco? Yeah, I raise that point because I, it just shows that there was no maintenance being done under wall. Okay, thank you. And it's been and and it and it goes back way before our, our ownership of our building. Okay. The I also want to bring up the point that when we purchased our property, I'm sorry. Did you answer your question? I, uh, yes. That's, okay. I'm that's sorry. All for your, my question. your time is up, Mr. Chin. Thank you. You'll have time in rebuttal. Uh, we will now hear from the department. Uh, good evening, President Swig, Vice President Lopez, uh, Matthew Green, representing the Department of Building Inspection. Um, before you is a uh, building permit to repair less than 50% of the exterior stairs. Um, interestingly, the um, plans were not required for this permit, but the uh, permit holder did re request to, or chose to uh, submit plans. Uh, generally, if replacing less than 50% of the stairs, plans are not required. Um, the permit was issued on uh, September 19th and suspended on October 4th. Um, I would disagree with the appellant's assertion that two building permits are required for this. Um, this is a stairs serving one, one structure, the uh, permit holder structure. Um, over time, it appears to me that some fasteners were, were gone through the were sent through the stringers and the handrails onto the neighbor's property, but this stairs doesn't serve um, that appellant's property in any way. Um, I would, I would argue that this permit here, it does, it's, it's the structural details make it very clear. It's going to be very self-standing stairs, all in, all in the uh, permit holder's property. Uh, there's one confusing item that says handrail to remain, and if I could get the overhead there, overhead please. So th this, hand, this handrail here is attached to the neighbor's property, and there is a detail that says handrail to remain. So I, I would recommend that you uphold the permit with the conditions that nothing is attached to the neighbor's property and that their half-inch air gap uh, is present. We could do that with a special conditions permit, or you could do it on the um, decision of the board. Um, I'm available for any questions you may have. Thank you. President Swig has a question. Mr. Green, I'm confused. Um, I don't disagree with your point of view, and I, and I disagree with your point of view. How's that? Okay. Now I'll confuse you. Um, several months ago, we heard a, um, another case on Pacific Avenue. The fire escape. Where, where there was a fire escape. The fire escape was a single-purpose fire escape uh, serving one uh, property owner. 
the fire escape was attached to the neighbor's uh, house. Um, at that time, your testimony was completely the opposite, which was that if you're at, let me finish, that if you have a structure which is attached to your neighbor's house, that um, that there has to be two permits or uh, or both names on the permit. I can't uh, recall um, the and as a result, um, this body was had to make a decision that uh, that included the the. That, that collaboration, I don't recall whether it was two permits or one, but that the, the fire escape could not be um, removed or adjusted without permits associated with both parties. Why today are you having an entirely different testimony which says it this is stairs, it's single purpose stairs, it's attached to the party next door, but that doesn't matter. This permit should be oh. go ahead. I'm confused. Um, actually, I discussed this with the appellants last week, that, that exact case. If you recall, that, that fire escape was built legally to serve both buildings. And over time, each building was altered, and then there was a lot split in the middle. So that building was legally installed attached to two buildings. That's not my recollection. My recollection well, is, is that that there was that there was no permit that was in the file, and that nobody nobody found any uh, uh, paper trail that uh, that ever authorized the building of that um, that fire escape, and that what we found was. The obvious is that that fire escape existed and it was attached to another building. And as a result, uh, the, 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 the law is that if it's attached to two buildings, that, that you have to have two permits. That was your, that was your point of view, as I recall, well, in that case. So why has it changed this time? Why, well, isn't it, why like, is there not a well, requirement like I, to have two, two permits? Same thing. I don't understand. Well, like I said, that that fire escape, as we discussed, originally served both uh, both structures, mm -hmm. and over time, the nature of both structures was changed, and they wanted to get a building permit just to detach it from one side and leave it hanging. And this one here, um, this was legally built. It was replaced in 1967. There was a building permit to replace the stairs in 1967. Um, it's my assertion, it is an interpretation that it's, it was illegally attached to the, the appellant's property. Um, but if you disagree with my opinion, you're... I, but it's not, it's not about your opinion, it's about the law. I, I, I recall the, the whole conversation, yeah. and by the way, I, I also recall that I, I was very much for the removal of that, that fire escape and the law beat me to it, and that we couldn't find for the removal of that fire escape because the law says that if it's attached to both buildings, regardless of the situation, then you have to have a, a, a permit. And so you know, I, I, for one, wanted was fully prepared to support the notion that that 
that Firescape was removed and uh, I was put in my place by the law, which said that, it, and, and you, you said it, you know, uh, if it's attached to both buildings, you got to have two permits. And we all walked away, I think, wondering, oh, well, it doesn't make sense at all, but if the law, the law is the law. So why, why today is the law different in, in this condition? This is what I'm confused by. This staircase is attached to both buildings. The law states, you said it, the last hearing, and it's regardless of, and I think there was a recitation on, an, on another example that was, that was offered that, you know, if, if there is a staircase, a fire escape, and anything that is attached between two buildings, you got to have two permits, which, which confounded all of us at the time, but now that doesn't seem to be the case well, tonight, and that's why I'm confused. Why? And then I have a follow-up question. I don't. I, 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 this is a this this stairs this is fully on um, 1331's property. Apparently, I, I haven't seen the fasteners, but they both seem to agree that the fasteners uh, went through the uh, the structural elements into the neighbor's property. I mean, wouldn't you say the argument if the stairs was built completely separated and somebody came in and drove a nail through the property, then it's, it's attached to those properties? That that seems a bit stretched to me. I'd be happy to send this back to get a code interpretation from our code advisory committee. If that's okay. well, the problem the problem is is that that that, that it, here's what consistency and continuity with regard to the point of views that are. Uh, that, that are offered are critical to this commission. Sure. We have talked about consistency, continuity, and that we have to be consistent in findings uh, related to common conditions. This is a common condition. There is a, there is a rail which is attached to the, the wall, which uh, you just said it, which is part of this condition. There are fasteners that attach this, regardless of whether they're a single nail or they're you know deeply embedded screws, uh, mm -hmm. It still is attached to the neighbor's house, and last time we met on this other situation, again, which confounded me, I didn't necessarily agree, uh, it, there was a strong assertion and a strong point of view from, the D, from DBI that that required two permits. Okay, we went along with it. That's what, that's what it was. And, 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 and now you, we come into contradiction world. The reason why, I'm, why I might agree with you that we should get a reading on this is that there may be a third one coming down the line uh, to, in, this, in front of this commission. And is this going to be the tiebreaker? I don't, think I don't think it should. What it should be is consistent with whatever is decided here tonight and what was decided previously based on your recommendation. This is why I, I have an issue. So, you know, I, I'm going to stop talking and you can go think about it before uh, you come back in, in rebuttal. Um, the other thing, just for clarity's, clarity point of view, um, the, the, the whole issue of who pays for what, that's a civil case, right? Correct. All right. So, so we're not going to even talk about that tonight, correct? Because that's civil, correct? Correct. It's got Correct. nothing to do. So what we're talking about tonight really is, is this attached or not? And if it's attached, then does it require two, two permits? And can you please think about that before rebuttal and, and come back with a recommendation whether we should continue this hearing 
uh, to a later point because you need a, another view or we can get, decide it tonight, please. Okay? Of course. Yeah. Okay, I think uh, Con Commissioner Lemberg wants to speak, followed by Commissioner Epler, followed by Commissioner Tresvigna. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Green. I uh, have a different question, which is what your opinion is on the appellant's contentions regarding inaccuracies on the plan sets and the importance of that. Um, I guess there is inaccuracy about that door, whether it's a window or not. I think it's irrelevant to the actual repair of the stairs. Um, there was some item about an interior door. Um, that's irrelevant to the stairs, but ideally the plan should be accurate, I agree, but it would, um, I think the work could go forward with the plans as, as they are written. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Green. A couple of questions um, related to uh, Commissioner Lindbergh's question. One is um, I'd like to get more from you, not on the inaccuracies, but on, on the scope of work. There was a contention that the scope of work was not adequately shown inside of the, inside of the permit or the plan set. Is, I'm sorry, is that a question? Have you examined whether the scope of work is, is accurate? Uh, well, I haven't been on site, right? But the plans do seem to indicate the structural details and everything are to repair the stairs and bring it, make sure it's completely on one side of the property. Um, like I said, they, we would have given them a permit just to replace less than 50% of the stairs without any plans. Sure, and, and maybe that would, too would have been appealed. Um, the next uh, question is about the contention that, that, the, uh, that the stair was not permitted. You said that there were permits from, say, 1967 for, for the stair. Is that, is that what you said? There's a, a permit from 1967. Um, have the overhead again? Overhead. Overhead, please. So it, it, you see, see 1331 Church Street, 1967, yeah. replace stairs and landings rear back. Okay. And so if I could also say that, if you look at this overhead, uh, that, that's the only rear back stairs. So it's not, you know, it's rear as in it's not the front stairs. There's no stairs in the rear of the property. It would be in the, it would be in the setback. So. Okay. And, and so ostensibly, because there, there's only the single address on there, those stairs were intended to be built not connected to the appellant's Correct. property. Correct. And at some point, those stairs were attached to the appellant's property. Uh, yeah, well, yes, according, yeah. well, they both agree that they are yeah. attached. And, and so those attachments are therefore legal, illegal, what are they? They're illegal, they're, they're, they're illegal. crossing the property line. Yes. And, and I guess this gets me to my main question then is, we're repairing the stairs, right? Correct. Okay. What constitutes the stairs? The stairs are the uh, the, the 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 landings and the the, the st <laughs> what are the stairs? The actual flight with the uh, the rise and run and the landings. So so the treads, then the risers. Yeah, the, the stringers, the, treads, the poles risers. that hold the treads and the risers up are they part of the stairs? Correct. Yeah. Okay. What about the footings that go underground that Correct. form the foundation for those? Yes. Then does it not also stand to reason that the things that attach it to the neighbor's wall are also part of the stairs? Well, I mean, the other things that are holding it up and holding it together, whether they're the part that your feet use or the part that gets you up, um, are part of the stairs, would not the part 
of the stairs that connected to the appellant's property also fall as part of well, the I, stairs? I, I, I don't know that that is completely supported by the neighbor's property. I just not completely supported. Not no single one of the poles that are already yeah. part of the stairs completely supports it, right? They're all part of the structural mechanism yeah. that holds the stairs up. But my point, my argument, not my argument, my point is I don't know that it was designed to be fastened to the neighbor's property and held up in that way. I think over time there were some fasteners put through the stair structure into the neighbor's property. Ostensibly to provide it structural support? I would assume so, yes. So if someone put another pole into the stairs to hold it up that were still on the um, permit holder's property, they would now be part of the stairs as well, right? Correct. Okay, so would you maybe agree with me that as a result of our conversation, we might consider those fasteners that go into the appellant's property part of the stairs? Yes, I guess I could, yes. Okay, thank you. Okay, Commissioner Trisvenia. Thank, thank you, Mr. Green. I, I'm surprised how complicated the matter has gotten, but obviously that's the, the complicated ones come to us. Can you, when you say, or what is that, 50% of the stairs, can you elaborate on what's being changed and what is not? When we say 50%, what, is, what does that mean? You mean less than 50% or, or right, well, in general? What, well, in this, yeah, on, on the proposal of Mr. Chin, it says less than 50% repair. Is there a way you could describe sure. what 50% is being repaired and what 50% what is not? Um, I could look at the plans and answer you in rebuttal if you. Okay, that, I don't have it in front of me. That would help. My, my next question is these stairs serve Mr. Chin's property, correct? correct. There's no access to from the stairs to the appellant's property. Uh, correct. So does the fact that is, is the only basis to say that the stairs cross the property line, the fact that the stairs are attached to the appellant's property, or is there some other reason why one would say it crosses the property line? As I understand it, that's the only reason. I haven't seen a survey saying that the the structure crosses the property line. It's just the fasteners. And because of, and, and you've, you've described the fastening as illegal or without authorization, correct? Yes. And the fact that it crosses the property line because of the unauthorized fastening at least, at least as President Swig has described our history from the other case, that requires the provision of the code that the appellant put up that says you need two permits. Well, I, I disagree with that, but obviously that's, but that's the interpretation that's being put forward. I, I appreciate that you don't agree with it, but that is that the reason why the appellant thinks that a second permit is needed is because of that attachment. Oh, yes, right. I, I agree with that, yes. So the, 
so what I'm, I'm wondering, and I'm, you may or you may or may know the, you may or may not know the answer, is what the appellant is holding on to by not getting a permit and allowing the illegally fastened staircase to be unfastened. I, I think that's best to ask the, appell uh, the permit holder, sorry. Are you? Oh, I would ask the appellant. Sorry. I, I would ask the appellant. I'm just wondering whether you can envision a reason why somebody would be withholding their approval of getting a permit in this circumstance. Oh, I, I wouldn't care. I, I wouldn't, you know, jump into that interpretation at all. <laughs> and trying to get this back up. Um, that's all I have. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Commissioner Epler has another question. Um, I decided I wanted to follow up on this now rather than later, so thank you for bearing with me. Um, so, so we talked about whether or not the, the fasteners and, and the illegal connection is uh, part of the stair. And then I guess my question then is, if that is an illegal component of the stairs, what does that do to the legality of the stairs as a whole? And even if you did detach the stair from the fasteners without disturbing the fasteners, does that now mean that those fasteners are no longer illegal and no longer require any sort of remediation under, under the building code? I mean, is that like, a, oh, we pulled it back and now we get out of jail for free, even though we had this illegal connection in the I former circumstance? I have a hard time envisioning how you could detach it without removing the fasteners. So I, I heard the permit holder say that, but I, I, I it might be feasible, but I, I can't interpret. I can't. Well, I was taking that at face value, but if you don't think that is feasible, then then we do have this whole issue where if we have to uh, remove the fasteners, then suddenly you know we're. I guess the question then is if I you know reach over a property line and hammer a nail into to my uh, neighbors house from a building code issue, some sort of structural way, and then I reach out with that claw, that hammer, and pull that nail back on out, is that is that something I can do without a permit or the permission from permit from the other side? If you nailed something to your neighbor's house yeah. without a permit and took it out later. Well, no, but, I, but, but, I, but I'm actually asked for a permit for the part of it that's on my side of the property. That's okay. You can answer uh, I, that in rebuttal if you yeah, want to think I'm, about it a little bit. I'm sorry. Could you clarify that question again? I, I'm a little. I'm a little confused. Well, I'm just saying that it, if I do something illegal that's attached to my neighbor's property, and then I seek for a permit to, you know, take care of the stuff on my side of the property, and I just kind of pull that part back out. I mean, is that does that mean that I've uh, Detached it, does that mean I don't need the permission from, from my neighbor's property holder for the permit for my pulling away the structure that I have attached to their house? I did a little well, bit more well, that, was, that was the interpretation I expressed earlier. Okay. Obviously, there's different interpretations. Here. Well, I, and, and to be fair, I, when you expressed that earlier, I thought we were taking for granted that those fasteners would remain, and so I wouldn't actually be pulling them away uh, from, from the property. But now that we have that, it's good that we've mm -hmm. re- yeah. That we made that clear that we are going ahead and pulling that away, and that's still your interpretation. Yeah. So it, just to go back up, I don't see how you can remove the stringer, leave the fasteners. You'd still have, you know, the fasteners or, or the 
they're, they're embedded into the neighbor's property. They're three and a half inches wide on one side if they're, if they're enough to hold the stringers. So how would you... I, I don't see how you do that. And, and then not to spiral continuously on this, is that shown in the scope of work, that they're going to be removing those, those, those no. stringers? Does it show that they're going to remove Yeah, in the scope of work and the plans that we have, because the permit holder says that they're going to leave them there. Um, we have a set of plans. There's a contest. There's a statement that those plans don't show the whole of the scope of work. So you say they're going to have to pull those things out. I yeah. mean, is that within the scope of work that's shown in the permit? Well, yeah, the work is, the, the, as the plans are drawn, it's showing everything on, on the uh, permit holder's property. So Does that, that mean would imply, that, that would imply out the other, the, the stuff from the, uh, from yeah. the appellant side? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Commissioner Trezvenia has a question. Thank you. Just, just, just quickly, the uh, permit that you showed, do, should, I should we take from that that the stairs that we're talking about have been there since 1967? Um, I'd say since before 1967, because the permit was to replace stairs and landings. Okay. And you're not aware of when the fastening took place? I am not. Um, okay, I'm, 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 I'm looking at the appellant, and I saw the permit holder earlier. I'm guessing that they probably were not the building owners prior to 1967 themselves, and that both parties have inherited, broadly speaking, this problem. Yeah, yes. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. You can be seated. Wait, one more. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Mr. Green. Uh, I just wanted to, to clarify one point. Um, I think we heard testimony from the appellant that the plans don't show uh, the appellant's property, right? And I'm, I'm looking at them now, and I'm, I'm not sure I'm looking at the right uh, document, but, but I don't see the appellant's property. Um, and yet, you're saying that the statement of work uh, in, states that the fasteners will come out. Is that is that correct? No, it's, it's not mentioned specifically. It's just I, the the uh, permit holder mentioned they were going to leave the fasteners, and I just said I I have a hard time imagining how that's possible. Okay, but but the plans and the statement of work don't make explicit that they'll remove the fasteners. Uh, they don't say that they're fastened to the neighbor's property. Okay, so if it doesn't state that they're fastened, then it's not. It yes. wouldn't state that they're going to be removed. Correct. Okay, that's what I want to clarify. Thank you. Okay, thank you. You can be seated. Okay, we are now moving on to public comment. Is there anyone here to provide public comment for this item? Anybody on Zoom? If you're on Zoom and you want to provide public comment, please raise your hand. Okay, I don't see any, so we're going to move on to rebuttal. We will hear from the appellants. You have three minutes. Overhead, please. Hi, so I'm not a native speaker and I'm not a lawyer, but <laughs> this is a very simple sentence. It says that any structure regulated by the code, and I believe this staircase is regulated by the code, for any work on the staircase, two permits are required. So I do not understand why that would not be the case for this staircase. I mean, it's really, it's plain language. 
So if that's, this code does not apply, I would need explanation why it does not apply. Further, we also mentioned there are other inaccuracies in the plans or lack of detail, and we would also like to request the board so that permit holder needs to address those before the permit would be issued at any time point. And mostly we truly want our building to be well maintained, so it's not that we are preventing neighbor to doing this work, we just want to have equal opportunity to repair our wall. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, we do have a question from Commissioner Trezvino for you. I, I have a, a question that I asked Mr. Green, hoping and hoping he might know. I'll ask you directly. The, since the stairs don't provide access to your building, what is preventing you from providing your consent to or filing a permit to allow this to happen? May I please request the overhead again? Overhead, please. So I have also like eight pages detailing the communication with the neighbor that took over eight months, which I'm also happy to discuss if that's needed. But mostly we do not feel, while neighbor asserts that he has done everything he can to work with us, we do not feel that's the case if we are threatened with penalties for the work done to our wall. And if the neighbor says he plans to choose our contractor for the repairs to our wall. And yeah, I think mostly that we just, we would like to be able to choose the contractor to repair our wall as any person would. And we do not think it's fair that the responsibility for neighbors' um, lack of maintenance would fall on us because if there is further structural damage to our building, which is possible, once the dry rot is being repaired, that might be the case. And then maybe scope of work will become longer. We do not think we should be carrying the, what neighbor called? Schedule risk. We don't think we should be responsible for schedule risk. Thank you. Okay, thank you. We will now hear from the permit holder. Mr. Chin, you have three minutes. Yes, I want to address uh, that last point specifically about contractors. Um, I, and also the penalty, my main concern is that we wanted reassurance that these stairs would be, we would have to take down our stairs. We actually have to provide access through our, first, by giving our neighbors contractors access to our first floor in order to uh, to work on the stairs. And um, as I said, the discussion about the details has been ongoing for eight, for eight months. So we are flexible. We want to work several points. One is we agree. We I do not want to screw my neighbors over. I want both our properties to be well-maintained and in good condition. And anything we can do that we, that where we can address my concerns about making sure that my stairs are not left in a disassembled state for, in, for an extended period of time, we can, think, we can work something out. The, the main dispute, the ongoing discussions over the past eight months has been about the siding and, and who's paying for it. Uh, our evidence shows that we're not responsible and this, they've been using this uh, ability to withhold a our permit uh, as a way to force us into into accepting their terms in terms of of what the damage is into deciding, 
And as, 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 as was mentioned before, this is a civil matter. This should not be decided by the board or, or, the, or DBI. Um, the uh, most important thing to us right now is that we have an autistic son. The stairs, parts of the stairs, although they're not structurally dangerous, they're dangerous to him. Um, he has inability to pay attention to his environment. And he also has these, un these uh, movements that are not entirely under his control. And he will spin and he will, and he will crouch unpredictably sometimes. And the stairs have to be repaired. We've waited eight months. We've been talking about this forever. Uh, it's not our intention to, to, to abandon our neighbors and to just change our, fix our stairs and leave the nails in place. I bring that as a point, mainly to say that we actually can do the repair without crossing the property line. 30 seconds. So, um, you know, we, we, we need this permit for, for two reasons. One, to address the points in the stairs immediately where uh, there's, there's uneven surfaces that present a risk to my son. And then the second is to work with our neighbors. We know that they have time constraints. We're gonna wait until the rainy season passes next year and we, we're gonna fix the immediate points first and then we, even though it costs us more money, and we will work with our neighbors to figure out Thank you, that's stairs. time. Okay. In good condition. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. So I don't see any questions at this time, so we will hear from DBI. Uh, good evening again. Um, there was a question about what actually is going to be replaced in the stairs. Uh, per the plans on the ground floor, they're going to replace uh, two existing posts and the stringer. And the second floor is going to be a new post and new stringer. And then the third floor is going to be a new stringer. And it also mentions replacing deteriorated um, uh, treads. And if, that, if, that, if the building inspector uh, in, in, at, at, during their inspections decided that that's more than 50%, then they would require a, a different per another permit. Okay, thank you. We do have a question from President Swick. So, um, where, I, I, you, you still didn't answer my question, but I'm not gonna pick on you. Uh, what I'm trying to do here is help resolve this issue. Uh, the issue of the wall and the repair of the wall, civil matter, uh, see you in court. That's kind of the answer that I would offer. So we're still gonna stay away from that. Um, what I'm trying to figure out, um, with your help and your advice, uh, is one of the differences between the aforementioned case where they wanted to tear down the entire um, um, staircase fire fire stairs and and that was a, a big deal here what i'm hearing is that is is that they want to repair the staircase uh, to prevent a potential accident with another human being who has disabilities, okay? Correct. Um, and 
the difference here for me is that this is a, a not a demolition and a full replacement. Is it or is it not? It, it is not. Okay. Um, so that's where it differs from the fire stairs of the previous one that we heard, which was a full demolition um, or a, a separation and a demolition. Um, and Jerry rigging around it. But um, on, on this one, it is a, a repair of, of, of the stairs. Where is the fine line that, that might not kick in? I think you may have said it already, but I need some clarification. Where is the fine line between where a repair of a staircase and Uh, in the fashion that the, the permit holder stated in his rebuttal, and uh, uh, and the tipping point to where it becomes more of a demolition and full replacement of the of the stairs, and is is there some guidance that you can offer this commission that and and if there was a full de demolition of the staircase and and then a repair or a replacement, then I can then I I stand to that point that I made to you earlier. Which is why why doesn't the um, dual permit issue kick in uh, versus a repair where it is a partial repair to replace various stairs and elements of the staircase, and that that um, requirement for two permits may not kick in. This is where I, what I'm wrestling with here, because I'd like to see it resolved. I'd like to see a, a single-purpose staircase, uh, especially where there's a, a protection of an indivi specific individual. But where, where does this all kick in? And also, I don't want to set a precedent w which over, overrides what we heard six months ago. So, is you know, uh, see my confusion? Uh, yeah. Are you asking what the benchmark is when it's a repair and when it crosses over to become a replacement and when, and if it's a replacement obvious for me it's very obvious you knew you need two permits but i i see your point where it's a repair and you don't need two permits i think so tell me more or tell us more so we can make a decision <laughs> well we've always it, and give us some advice so 50 percent is the number we've always said if it's you're repairing up to 50 percent we consider it a repair 51 percent and more it's a replacement if, even if you're just replacing 75% of it, we call it a replacement. And that, that requires full plans and full sets. Um, I, I'd still go to interpret it different than you do if it was a repair, I don't think you would need, or sorry, if it was a replacement, I don't think you would need two permits here. But I, my suggestion is I think the permit holder already said they're gonna to wait to the end of the rainy season before they do the work spring. I'd like to bring the question about the two permits to our code advisory committee and they could give you a written written reading on that. Okay, so you would recommend at this point, given that, given my, my concern about continuity of, of decision-making and consistency in, in reading this, my reading versus your reading, uh, that, it, uh, that your advisory is that we, we do a continuance so that you can go back and get a, a, a further review and a, yeah, get an interpretation and on, this specific, interpretation. on this specific issue. Okay. 
Right. And then and then we can come back and fight all over it again. And we're not and we're not causing the permit holder um, significant duress because he wasn't going to do it next week anyway. Right. Well, I believe you said he was going to wait to the end of the yeah, rainy well, season. Exactly, which is see in March, right? Okay. The permit holder is raising his hand, so maybe we should confirm that. And we do have. Sure, I'd like. I I I I think it's a fair. So that that why don't we ask the permit holder after? Yeah, I want to ask that the permit holder that question, but I don't want to do it in during the time of Mr. Green's okay. testimony. Makes sense. And Makes sense. It, it just maintain the the proper protocol. But um, but you you your recommendation today is that we not resolve this issue today, and that you go back and get a. a a more defined interpretation of the situation and we come back soon and you'll have it and then we can be better advised and then make a decision. Is that correct? Um, except for the soon part. I don't have the calendar of the Code Advisory Committee on hand. I'm not sure when they next meet. I would, hopefully we could do this in January. I could hopefully get it by then. But if it needs to be Mid-December, I could. Right. Well, so all the above of what I just said, and you're going to advise us, uh, and you're advising us this 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 may not be in December, but it could be in January based on the yes uh, the, the the wheels of I'll justice. I'll start the wheels moving. of motion tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much on that, and I think Commissioner Lopez has, a, and then we'll we'll ask the question of of the permit holder whether that works for him or not, and whether that would cause him a duress. Uh, Commissioner Lopez. Thank you. Um, okay, I, I just want to make sure that I'm understanding a couple of things correctly. So the way that, that I see this is there are a couple of variables uh, that, that I think are potentially determinative here. So there's the 50%, less than 50 or over 50 question, which essentially uh, if I understand correctly, states less than 50, you know, repair, uh, over 50, replacement. Um, and your, your position is that um, that's, not, that's not material in this case because even if it were a full replacement, the, 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 the property line uh, and, and the plans show that the stairs are fully on the permit holder's property, and so that 50% threshold question is not relevant. Is that right? That, that's, yeah, my interpretation, yes. And, and Can I just clarify what the actual difference between 50%, less than 50 and more than 50? Yep. If it's less than 50%, we consider it repair. No plans are required. You can just describe on the permit application the work you're going to do. More than 50%, we consider replacement plans are required. In this situation, actually, the, per, the uh, permit applicant said it was less than 50%, but decided to draw plans anyway. So we don't prohibit them from drawing plans. We just don't require it for less than 50%. I'm with you. Um, and then the second, the second variable uh, is, uh, which I believe distinguishes this case from the you know, in my, in my mind, I remember, you know, a, a, a prior case as the, the dangling fire escape. That's the one we were talking about. Yeah. And in that situation, we had a lot that had been split, 
And so the fire escape not only physically was attached to two, two separate properties, but according to the actual plans on file with the city showed that the fire escape basically straddled two across both property lines. So it wasn't just a physical reality, it was a legal reality under uh, the plans on file with the code. Is that right? Yes, it's, it went across the property line and was attached to both buildings. And so in that situation, it stands to reason that you need this, the structure goes across two property lines, so if you wanna remove it, then you need two permits. Hmm. Whereas here, I see the variable, uh, from what I understand, it's a little bit different. The, the plans show, and setting aside the physical reality, the plans show that the, the structure exists only on, on one side of the property line, correct? Correct. Yeah. And so under that logic of you know, which side of the property line you're on, which aligns with the plans that are before us, this is all, for all intents and purposes, legally speaking, on one property owner's property, correct? According to the plans, yes. And now oh, we have this question where reality doesn't align with, with those, those plans based on the pictures that, that we're seeing. We don't know who put that stuff there. But in terms of the four corners of this permit, this is distinguished from that earlier situation because we don't have something that's legally straddling two properties. We have, you know, for, for legal purposes, it's only on one property. That, that's my reading of it, yes. Got it. Okay, thank you. Okay, Commissioner Epler. We spent a little bit of time earlier talking about the, the attachments to the appellant's property. And, and we, we, I think we, and correct me if I'm wrong, these attachments include nails or other joining materials that cross the property line and go into the appellant's property, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. uh, assuming the property line is at the, at the blind wall. Yeah, as, as, no assuming that assuming. their wall is on the property line. Correct, yes. All right, we, so and, it, and maybe, maybe we need a surveyor to, to verify that, but let's just assume that for now. Um, assuming that, all right, so assuming that the wall is on the property line, then there is material that is part of the stairwell that goes into their property. And if we were to remove that attachment, we would be removing from their property a part of the stairs or something related to the stairs as a part of this project. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but section 106A1 of the code says that no building structure regulated by the code shall be erected, constructed, enlarged, altered, repaired. We were talking about that a moment ago. Removed, improved, removed. We're talking about pulling something out of someone's property as part of a structure that's, mm -hmm. you know, uh, regulated by the code unless a separate permit's gotten. But I'm, I'm just making sure we're, we're removing something mm -hmm. from the appellant's property. Yeah, I, I guess the big debate here is whether you call the fasteners part of the elements of the stairs or not, or they're just hardware. I mean, that, you right. think they are, I think they're not. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Okay, thank you. You can be seated. Commissioners, this matter submitted. Oh, did nope. we want to check in with uh, the permit holder? Sure. Is the permit holder on the... Mr. Chen? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I want to bring up um, the reason for, for the urgency uh, of of the permit is that we actually, because of the 
the risk that my son faces right now. We actually plan on dividing the work where we address the, the boards on the stairs now that present a tripping hazard to him and to do that as quickly as possible. That was the reason why we we're hoping to get this permit. And, and the rest of the work, which includes taking down the stairs to allow our neighbors to replace their siding, we will work with them on the schedule. And the, the timing that they've suggested is after the rainy season, which is in March. But we do need to do work on the stairs right now to address immediate safety hazards. Uh, thank you for, for that feedback. Okay, thank you. Commissioners, this matter submitted. Commissioners, who wants to start? Commissioner Epperweiss, let's go with this side. Change the paradigm. All right. Can, so. can, I, can I jump in with one point of information? Yeah. The, uh, Julie, what the appellant expressed a language issue. Did, did, did we discuss that with them in terms of like providing services or accommodations for that? Uh, they never said anything to me about having a language barrier, and I've been communicating with them, so I'm, I'm not sure. So sh I've been communicating with Anil, uh, and I, did you say that there was a language barrier? No one that requested an interpreter, and he's very articulate. He's a very good writer, and so I didn't. Okay. I'm yep. sorry. I, where did you get that they have a language issue? Uh, one of the, one of the, I'm not sure. Appellant or representative, rem, bef, before she spoke tonight, she said that she had a language issue. Okay. Well, I, I said I'm not a native speaker. I did not say that I have. Uh, so I don't have full fluency, but I think I do not need accommodation for. Yeah. Um, okay. Her husband filed the appeal, and I've been corresponding with him. I had no indication that they would need an interpreter. Okay. Well, I just want maybe can we just state for the record that I just heard the appellants say that she she doesn't she didn't she's not requesting accommodations now. She's requesting. No, she's, that she's not. not. She's not requesting. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. For the record, thank you for Thanks. that clarification. All right, uh, thank you. So, now I appreciate the creativity that we've been trying to go through in order to figure out how to, how to expedite this process. And I think that in a lot of circumstances that time might be useful because maybe an agreement can be hammered out on the civil issues that are not part of our, our conversation but seem to be the tail that's wagging the dog of, of this permit in a lot of ways. Um, that standing, I, you know, I've, I've, I've got a problem with, with the way that the Department of Building Inspection is looking at this because to me it, it's a pretty, pretty simple, clear, bright line rule that when you have something that's under the, the building code that is, you know, across a line in, you know, a, the, the property line and in this case actually physically attached to the property across the property line, then if, if you're doing something that does any of those things, including repairing or removing it, then you need that, that permission. And maybe that additional conversation will help in the negotiations on the civil matter. I also do point out that part of the reason why on the Pacific case that this was an issue for the permit seeker was that you know there was an elderly person who needed fire escape too. We had a, a, a person who 
you know, another person with uh, mobility issues that, you know, that Firescape would help serve. So there's, there's a similarity there. But, you know, this is one of those cases where I think even though it's such a small amount, the code is the code is the code. We also have this issue about the illegality of the work and whether that poisons the entire stairwell. And I don't have any confidence that this work, you know, normally if you find illegal work, you have to fix, repair, remedy that illegal work. And that's not what's being done here. And we even, you know, I, I know that it's not an official, official opinion had the representative from DBI say that this was an illegal fastener. And gosh, I can't, you know, if it's part of the stairwell, I, I, to me, it's, it's, it's a hole, right? I mean, we, we went through this conversation, the poles, yes, the footers, yes, the part that's underground, yes. It's part of the stair, and it's on the other, other person's property, and I can't get past that, and I think that that's, that's the rule that we're going to have to follow. Even if I want to get past it, I just can't get past that hurdle. Um, and, and combined with the legality component of that, which I think makes it, makes it even more important that, that it does get addressed in this permit set um, and the eventual permit that is eventually filed by both parties. So that's, that's my thoughts. Uh, I completely concur with Commissioner Epler's reasoning and line of questions, as well as President Swig's. I, I think the question here that is before this body is a fairly simple one, which is, does this project necessarily involve work to be performed on both properties? And if the answer is yes, I believe that the permit was not properly issued. And I think uh, my fellow commissioners asked uh, several questions that uh, we're trying to get to the, the heart of that issue. Uh, and my conclusion from the answers to those questions was that this, uh, that this permit involves work on both properties. Even if it's a minuscule amount of work, just unscrewing something from a wall, uh, that, is, uh, that is the rule, as, as Commissioner Appler said. And I think it would actually be fairly dangerous precedent for us to set uh, not granting this appeal because uh, we would then be saying, well, two permits might not be required if, uh, you know, if X, Y, and Z conditions are met. And I don't think this case presents anything so ex exceptional. I certainly have empathy for the permit holder's situation uh, with his family and his, and his son. I just don't see the legal path to uh, not doing anything other than granting this appeal. So uh, for that reason, I would uh, vote to grant the appeal in full. Oh, vote to deny the appeal tonight. I think this is an example of this is a f over half century old staircase. It serves one property owner. And I, w I, I disagreed with our ruling on, on 2507 Pacific because of the, because of the ability of a property, a property owner to withhold their uh, uh, consent or, or, or withhold their cooperation uh, from, a, from an adjoining property owner. This is a stairwell that serves Mr. Chin's property. We know that his son needs it, needs the improvements to be done. I, I, and, and, and this is why I ask, like, what, what, what is the interest of the appellant it, 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 it seems to be because the neighbor's stair case has been adjoined to their property at the property line, and 
that's and that, that's where you get into the issue of, of two separate permits. Uh, but I, th I felt I felt th this uh, this envisioning of it allows for unreasonable um, uh, positions to be taken. Uh, I disagreed with our ruling in 2507 Pacific. Uh, I, I agree with the department's view that this is one staircase. It's one property, uh, irrespective of the adjoining of it. Uh, perhaps if Mr. Chin just left those things there, left the fasteners there, and only did to work on the stairs, which it sounds to me is what he is seeking for us to uh, seeking a result that he is seeking tonight, and then allow in a, in, in in civil court the issues of how the how the fasteners would be removed or what work needed would need to be done or whose responsibility it is for the dry rot or who's going to be paying for it in the future whose contractor all of those things should be set aside from this from the from this decision tonight and if we cannot allow a staircase to go forward for the safety of a of, of, of a young person then the criticism that we often hear about how this board is such an obstacle to all the great progress and success of the city for housing. If we can't even allow this to go forward, then I do think that some of the criticism uh, is, 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 is a little more, more valid than, than I would otherwise admit on, on, on other days. So I, I, I believe that the uh, permit should be upheld, uh, and, and I don't believe it requires further uh, instruction or guidance from 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 the department. So my my vote would be to up, up, uphold the issuance of the of the permit. Mr. Lopez. Yeah, I I am of the same mind. I think probably not surprise not a surprise to anyone based on my my questioning. But I'm of the same mind as uh, Commissioner Trezvina. Um It. You know, it just feels like a little bit of a logical stretch that a property owner wouldn't be able to fix some stairs that are on their property. Um, you know, I feel like if, you know, I just pulled friends or family or someone on the street on that, it, it would stand to, to reason that they would say, like, yeah, that's, that's something you should be able to do in San Francisco. Um, and, you know, I... I feel like if you look at the, the four corners of the permit, which say 50% repair, and the stairs are on your property line, you should be able to do that. Now, if, if somebody exceeds that, if a permit holder exceeds that 50% and demolishes the stairs, which would be, in my opinion, exceeding the four corners of the permit before us, then that's a separate issue, but that's not the issue that we're discussing today. We're discussing, hey, can you repair 50% of these stairs on, on within your property line in accordance with these plans? And we have, you know, some, um, you know, speculation as to whether that's possible without taking out these fasteners well, the permit holder is saying they can do it, and the, the, the plans don't call for a complete demolition and replacement of the stairs. They call for repair. So I think 
to rule to 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 rule in favor of this appeal feels like ruling in favor of speculation of something that may be required, but it's not listed in the permit and it's not uh, you know in line with the permit holder's position that they could do this work without taking out those fasteners. And so, um, you know, for the the fact that, you know, we've had to question the the neighbor to say, how do you even know this existed? <laughs> because you don't have any visibility into it from your property. It's not visible from the street. That to me says, for all practical purposes and within the four corners of the permit, within the, 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 the property descriptions that are on file with the city, this is within the four corners of that property owner's property. And so I, I have a hard time saying that they can't uh, do this repair of up to 50% in line with the permit. If, if they exceed that, then there are consequences and uh, avenues for uh, mitigation and uh, liability, but that to me is outside the, the four corners of the permit, outside of the, the question before us tonight. That's speculation about something that the permit holder may potentially do, which is outside of what they've described and what's uh, what, what they've stated to us tonight and what's what's in the permit. And so um, for that reason, I'd, I'd vote to deny the appeal. Um, I would, what I would add is if, if the, the, the code uh, advisory uh, avenue is of, is of interest to my fellow commissioners, if that would kind of clarify or settle some of these questions, I, I, I could also vote in favor of uh, a continuance to have that uh, question, you know, solidly uh, addressed by uh, the agency. But um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't vote in favor of the appeal. Um, Julie, what's the uh, what's the vote need to be to uh, to support the appeal? Could we get? You need four, and you don't have four. Right. Because Commissioner Trezvini and Vice President Lopez are in favor of denying the appeal. Right. So um, we ain't going to get to four, even with my vote going one way or the other. So it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, so just FYI. Um, I ferociously agree with. Commissioners Trezvina and Lopez. I ferociously agree with the other two commissioners. Okay? You're all right. And the problem is that we have this, uh, I, this item in place that says that if you're connected to the building next door, me and we saw it. They, they put it up there. We've seen it before. So the, the, the structure absolutely is connected to the building. And I agree completely with Commissioner Lopez and Trisvina. Wait, I think I agree with you guys too. This is a problem. All right, it, it's 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 the same thing that we came up against the last time with the the dangling Chad. Oh, I mean the dangling uh, 
uh, fire escape. Um, I really think that even though it presents a burden to the permit holder, I think we should get a continuance and get put let DBI do their job and come back. Not that you're not, Ms. Green, not that you're not doing your job, but you offer the opportunity for the clarification uh, to have with a higher power and that special with that special agency, part of your agency that does this. And I think we should lean on that that agency and 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 get a ruling from them. I know it's a pain in the neck, um, and I know it it costs uh, the permit holder some patience and you know. Um, but we're not going to get we're not going to get a four to one vote, one way or the other, and I think that you know given that the tide does not go to the runner, uh, we should we should do a continuance on this. I think it's just responsible. I really hate to set the precedent of of going against what is in writing as a you know, a, a, as a guideline. I just really hate that. And I think that's the position of two of the commissioners. I hate to go against common sense, which is what your position is, Commissioner Suvi and Lopez, because it's kind of dumb. But I, I, I would rather lean on DBI to give us more clarity on this, since it is available and not necessarily leave it up to us. So I, I would make a motion to continue this item uh, for the purpose of getting uh, more clarity from DBI on uh, on the overall issue. So where do we go? Would you, uh, so that's my motion. Since nobody else made a motion, um, let, let me get let me get a, some feedback through a vote on that motion, and uh, and then we can we can move it on from there if necessary. Okay. So you have a motion on the yes. For so continuance. Um, Inspector Green is January tenth. Would, would that be enough time for you to get an opinion from? It should be, yes. Okay, yes. thank you. And let's just check in with the appellants. Are you available January 10th? Yes, okay. And Mr. Chin, are you available January 10th? You're on mute. Oh, one second. We can yes, I'll be Okay, wonderful. So we and, have. And we have Commissioner Trezvinia who would like to comment. Commissioner oh, Airport would like to comment. Yep. Uh, th thank you, President Swigan. I do appreciate your trying to reconcile the code, the department, and your, your, and your colleagues, my colleagues. I worry, though, that the continuance is not the appropriate way to go in this matter because of um, the permit holder citing the medical needs and desires of, of, his, of himself and his family. And second, that if there is a way that part of, two points. One is, if there's a way for the work on the stair repair to be done, while we await the issue of the fasteners, then I think we can accomplish both. We can allow safety to go forward and we can allow a definitive answer from the department to address 
the part of the part of the um, of the uh, permit that is of concern. Ask Mr. Green, well, please, that question. I just want to add that there is an alternative way to get into the house. This is just the side entrance. Is that I'm, correct? I'm, I'm, I'm okay. still speaking here. Um, the second is that I believe you said we had a motion before us. Yeah, but the, mo the motion is for a continuance. Before that. There was no there was no motion. There were okay. there were references to uh, all of you saying I would support okay. a motion or I would support this motion, but there was no motion on the table. Okay. No, that that is my second my my second question because I thought we had a motion. Um, so then there's one motion ahead, which is yours. Uh, well, I will I will respectively uh, not support it because I do believe that there should be a way that we can proceed uh, or that the, the permit holder can proceed on the part that does not appear to be objectionable to the to uh, to the to the appellant. Yeah, because just for clarification purposes, right right now you got it's a two to two and you can't a three to two. A three to you know to support the appeal is not going to work anyway. So. Um, well, that's President Swig, you can you obviously you can correct me if I'm wrong. I I was under the impression that if there's a motion to grant the appeal right. and it loses, then the permit is upheld. That, that's that there's not a requirement that there be four votes to uphold the appeal. Right. So a, we could have a motion on granting the appeal. Yeah. And it would lose. Yeah. And there would, that would just that would resolve the matter. That would resolve the matter. You're right. Then the permit would be upheld by operation of law. So in effect, it's a denial of the appeal. Right. So we so we could have a a, a substantive. Dis, well, we would have a disposition of the matter tonight. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Or there could also be a, an additional motion to continue it. If that if your motion fails, then another commissioner could have a motion to continue the item. Right. But by that time, we would have denied the appeal, and there wouldn't be anything left to continue. I believe it would be your motion would be to who's making the motion to grant the appeal or deny the appeal. So the the motion on the table right now is a continuance. So let's resolve that, and then we can get into the other one. And if the other one fails, then uh, then we can discuss whether we want to have another motion or not. Yeah. And and it could uh, ping pong right back to either uh, to any of two motions because so. if a motion fails usually we ask are there any more motions on the right. table right. and then we go from there right so would you like to ask mr green whether what what could be done to satisfy your need but could you do it about 30 seconds from now so i could remove myself and uh, just for a second. Yeah. Yes. I do want to just add the Take permit is suspended while it's under the jurisdiction of the board. So yeah. I don't think it's permissible to do give partial me, give work. Me a, give me a, can we have a one minute break literally because I'm, I'm going to have a little problem if we don't. Thank you. We're going to take a five minute break, folks. Thank you.
Okay, welcome back to the November 15, 2023 meeting of the San Francisco Board of Appeals. And we will continue on with item number five, appeal number 23-046. And where we left it, uh, Commissioner Trisvenia had a question for DBI, I believe. Yes, sir. Thank you, yes, my, my, my question is whether any work can be done under the permit uh, while we await a decision from their, your code committee? Well, well the, the, the permit is suspended. Um, it was suspended as soon as the appeal was filed, so that would mean no, no work should be done. We would, so, if there was you know, some imminent danger of collapse, we would allow the repairs to just mitigate that. Okay. So, so, so absent imminent danger of collapse, the only way that work can go forward is if we make a decision tonight to deny the appeal. Um, you mean go forward immediately? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I'd point out that, I don't know this, but I'll assume that there'll be a rehearing request. You'll rehear this on December 6th and then probably push this to January again. So in re reality, I mean, just my opinion, there's not much difference between a continuance and denying the appeal, assuming that the appellants file a rehearing Right, request. it's all based on the decisions of the parties to decide what, either decide on their own to make some kind of accommodation and, and agreement or... Correct, or, that's or, true. Or exert the rights that are available to them under our rules and under the code. And I would say, regardless of your decision tonight, I will ask the Code Advisory Committee for a decision on this. Great, thank you. Okay, and President Swig, at, thank you, Mr. Green. You can be seated. At the break, the appellants approached me. They feel they should have another opportunity to briefly address the board. Would, are you going to allow that or no? I think we've had the hearing. Our general, uh, unless there is a, a definitive way to, they're, they're, unless they're presenting an opportunity to, to drop their appeal or to come to a settlement which has manifests itself due to a conversation with the permit holder, I, I think we've had the hearing. You know? Okay, so I'm sorry. Uh, no, uh, that's, so. that's just generally our policy. So. Um, another opportunity, however, if, you know, that here, here's the way it goes, guys, you know, appellants and permit holders, you all live next to each other. Um, you have to go home every, this is my general speech, but here we go again, folks. Um, you know, you got to go home every night and hopefully be in a home where the vibes are good and you love your neighbors. That would be my hope. And so what the opportunity of a continuance also does is that you all can hear what happened tonight, um, you know, consider the, the civil natures of some of the things we can't handle tonight that the appellant raised. We can't do it. It's just not in our jurisdiction. Um, but it prevents, provides you the opportunity of a cooling off period uh, to 
talk to each other and see how you can resolve this issue. And it also gives you, uh, you both the, the opportunity to get a definitive, some de more definitive and clear feedback from DBI on this, this item, which is clearly ambiguous. You know, you're, you're, you're both right. You know, it's just that it's the, the law sometimes is ambiguous. So I, I think it gives you, uh, I, I think I know, I think this, this continuance gives you the, that opportunity, even though the continuance is based on getting a more definitive feedback from DBI at their suggestion. So, you know, just, just pointing that out. And, and I, I certainly would, like, would not like to live next to somebody I was at war with, you know. This kind of ruins the zen of the neighborhood. So, um, so uh, I, there is a motion on the table. Commissioner Chesvin, you, your light is on. Do you have any further comment? Just, just, just briefly on your last point to uh, underscore it, uh, we were supposed to have another item on the agenda tonight that was continued. Uh, it was contentious. There were neighbors, surrounding neighbors, petitioning. Uh, everybody came to the, our meeting. It's not on our agenda tonight because, as I understand from Ms. Rosenberg, it was resolved. Right. So, I, I, so the, when we do hope, in, in the best of all spirit of the city of San Francisco, that neighbors can resolve matters together. Uh, so I just, I just want to echo President Swig's view that uh, matters can be resolved uh, even while they are technically pending uh, in front of us. Yep. So I, I'm going to stay on my um, motion of a continuance to January 10th. Uh, all parties are available. Mr. Green assures us that he can get solid and definitive feedback. Uh, you all have another uh, month and a half to see if you can work out the civil part. Uh, I hope you do. It really, it really works. It's a, it's a good medicine. Uh, so I would like to uh, put forth that motion for a vote, please. Okay, so we have a motion, and you want to include two prongs, basically, so we can get an opinion from DBI on the requirement to, on, on, the, on whether two permits are required to repair the staircase, and two, so that the parties have an opportunity to work together on a solution. Did so, you want to? It's a wonderful motion. Thank okay. you very much. Okay, so on that motion, Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Trisvina? Aye. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. Commissioner Appler? So that motion carries five to zero, and we will see you January 10th. And thank you. And Mr. Green, it would be helpful if you could provide us that opinion, if possible, the Thursday prior to the hearing so we can post it and everyone knows coming into the hearing. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you.